speaking of the whiskey a go go. Yeah! That's what I'm saying. The first ever song Motley Crue played live. Really? It wasn't at the Whiskey A Go Go. It was at another place. It wasn't Live Wire. No. I think they closed with Live Wire. Ah. But this is Take Me to the Top. Yeah, I love this. This is so good. I think it's a great opener. It's going to cut off like we don't really get into the song. I love it. This is good stuff. Early Motley Crue was really good. They killed. Middle Motley Crue was pretty good. And not so much. God, they're <laughs> embarrassing, aren't they? <laughs> Those guys. I really like Nikki Six's radio show. That we used to play it on K Rock. Yeah, it's because like he doesn't. I don't think he does it anymore. Oh, yeah. well, that explains a like lot. Like the count. Was it a countdown show? Yeah, yeah. Like it was the a best top new rock or yeah. something like that. And he was a good interviewer too. Like he has been through so much, and all these. Like young guys are like, this is Nikki Six. So he was able to put them at ease for an interview and really get some good stuff. Man, he used to interview the heck out of people. It was awesome. Whoops. Oh, you want to get that? That's T Dog. Oh, sorry. That's oh, TC. What, what's going on over there? Do we need to read it in class? No, oh. just a standard email. Oh. Well, speaking of emails, got this news earlier today that I'm going to be giving away a pair of tickets later in the show. As a matter of fact, coming up in 22 minutes. Nice. Around that time, roughly yeah. 5.30, you know, radio. We're not always on time, but uh, ELO tickets, McCain Auditorium. They are at McCain this Friday. Two tickets I'll be giving away. Stay tuned. I'll give you the details on what to do to win at roughly 5.30. If you win them, mention Mitch's name and they'll get you backstage real quick. You go, hey, I got, I know Mitch. And they'll go, <gasps> Mitch. Yeah. Listen, Mitch. listen, listen. I could get you in the press box. <laughs> I could maybe get you down to press row for some basketball games. Yeah, now we're But talking. backstage at McCain, tough. I, I have not donated that much money. No, you haven't. I am, you you got to be Bill you, Snyder. Yeah, I was going to say, you work in radio. How could you donate that much money? <laughs> you got to be Ernie Barrett. You got to be Bill Snyder. You got to come in. You're. You gotta come in like Weefold status to get backstage. ELO. <laughs> I figured what could work is if I if I just wear like a purple suit jacket uh-huh. and I carry a Jack and Coke in one hand, I could go anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I think I could get. I really the royal purple sports coat with the drink in your hand, and you walk around well, with like a see, group. The, oh. the drink in my hand isn't. I'm not like saying like everybody's drunk no. or anything. That's that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just kind of telling the story of like, hey, I'm important, but also sure. I've been drinking a little bit. I'm sure. just going to kind of do what I want. ELO, baby. You know? I'm going to go backstage. Yes. And they go, let this guy in. It's kind of like that. They wear name tag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but don't, you know, like kind of scribble it on there so they don't know. You know, it's like that thing. If you walk in with a ladder somewhere, you just get it. They just let you in. Have you ever seen this guy? This guy on YouTube, he heard of this theory. And so he tested it, and him and his buddy walked into multiple movie theaters, walked into Madison Square Garden oh, geez. during a Knicks game, just walked in. They were like, yeah, come on in. Because <laughs> they had a ladder. He had a ladder. That Because, you know, you don't want to mess with the guy with a ladder. He's already busting his hump, you know. That's what I'm doing. Well, especially Madison Square Garden, because you can't like just go up to the arena and park. You got to go like across the street. There's a parking garage. Yes, like you got to walk a little ways to bring your in, bring in your supplies. 
And so, yeah, I could see an usher feeling bad for the guy. I'm not going to bust this guy's chops. Apparently, a five-gallon bucket with some uh, tools doesn't do it, huh? <laughs> no. Putty knife and, nope, doesn't do it. Uh-uh, just a ladder, and they're like, okay, this guy means business. We don't have sheetrock in here. Je- jeans down to your... <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, baby. What? Jeans wrapped around it so that, you know, the plumber's crack is uh, ready to be shown. And, yeah, yeah, they're like, mm-hmm. we were going to let him in, but then he took his pants off. I'm sorry, Troy, that was a swing and a miss, bud. Yeah, I know. That was a swing and a miss. Uh, I also wanted to bring this up because since DG is here, uh, so Stone Cold Steve Austin is getting back in the ring Wait uh, at WrestleMania. Second. That was big news earlier today. today. Now, they, people had been reporting he's getting back in the ring, like trying to say he's having a match. It's in Dallas. That's where his whole career started. Oh. He's a Texas guy. He went to North Te- He played football at North Texas um, and then trained down there. Obviously, WWE's desperate. They're trying to sell tickets. Now, the Texas Rattlesnake, to bring him back in, is going to draw some butts into some oh seats my God. every 18 inches. Yeah. Um, to have him have a match, that's something he has not done in 19 years. Ugh. And his last match was against The Rock. I mean, you can't really top that. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so I, I'm going to go and say right now, I doubt he has a match, Sports Illustrated. I think you've reported this wrong, um, unless Vince is throwing insane money sure. at this thing. Yeah. Because Austin... The reason he retired in the first place is because of a really bad neck injury, and he was never going to wrestle again, which I don't blame him. He's already made a career out of what he did. Um, but to do it and come back 19 years after, like that's a really long time, and I don't know if it's really worth it. And how much money does Vince really have to throw at him at a point where they've let a number of their contract guys go of recent? Absolutely. I mean... And Stone Cold Steve Austin is having a pretty good life just doing a podcast, interviewing yeah. people, sitting back and kicking it. How much money gets you out of the bed and go, hey, go ahead and roll around on the mat a little bit? I don't know. I, I, I don't see him taking bumps. No. And for those that aren't familiar, like when you land on that mat, you have a you have a bump count for your whole life. Yeah. And it is damage. Yeah. Onto your body, mm-hmm. especially if the um, adrenaline isn't going. Right. You're going to feel the pain, and I've done it before. It sucks. <laughs> like, you quit the yeah. first time you want you take a bump. It sucks. It's terrible. Ugh. Imagine landing on a bed of two-by-eights that have zero give to it, mm. and you're falling eight feet oh. on your back on those. Oh. And imagine doing that about eight or nine times a night. You think by now they'd have thought of Austin something Austin doesn't better. need to do that. Yeah, no. And he's like, I'm not gonna, because that sounds horrible. No, <laughs> but I, I, I won't lie to you. Legacy is there. Like, I mean, I've, yeah. I've hardly watched WWE in the last two years. If Austin is having a match, I want to be there. For sure. I've never seen him wrestle live. I've seen him at WrestleMania a couple times, and I've never heard a, an ovation louder than when you hear the glass shatter and you don't expect it. Right. Like, that is a moment. Oh, and that's boy. a lot of fun. Oof. Um, I don't know. We'll see. They split it into two days. It's Saturday, Sunday type of thing. Why'd they do that? Because it's too long. The show's too long. They've gone eight-hour shows. It's oh way too God. long. All right. They're, everybody's had enough of us talking. <laughs> WrestleMania, although back now, guys. Stone Cold is the biggest draw in that business's history. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Vince knows how to make money. That's for sure. Um, even though I don't really watch his product anymore, I would watch Austin. Now... I don't care how bad or how good it is. There's a product I'll always watch. That's K-State Athletics. Yeah. Now, talked about it with D.Y. earlier in the show, and if you missed the show, it's going to be podcasted. 
NewsRadioKMAN.com on demand tab, and you can search for the game KMAN on where you ever get your podcast. Those numbers are through the roof, of course, uh, since I took over. Now, running backs is a question in a way because we don't know who's backing up Deuce Vaughn. First day of practice when it comes to the spring, of course, Deuce is a part of the team. He's healthy. He's ready to go. But, of course, don't want to take any extra issues or do not want to take any extra um, bumps. bumps. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good word to use there. <laughs> he doesn't need no more lumps. Like He doesn't need to risk anything. We know what no. we got. But the question is, who's going to back him up? Joe Irvin, Jacardier Wright, both transfer. And especially Joe Irvin. That was a perfect, in my opinion, a perfect guy to back up one of the best running backs in the country. He could get, come in and give you some really good carries mm-hmm. in a very limited capacity. They're both gone. And when it comes to recruiting, they're having a K-State is having a tough time f- trying to bring somebody in to be the strong number 2 because everybody else on the roster, and by the way there are six running backs on the roster, they are freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and you have a couple of juniors with of course Deuce Vaughn, but then the other junior is Jordan Shippers. Ooh. Now, there was another name that was thrown out earlier today from head coach Chris Kleiman. Well, we've made the wholesale change to put Jackson in at running back, and I think that's probably the big thing. Um, he'll he'll play some fullback, but if you guys noticed in the in the bowl game, he played some true running back for us, and that's what we've just put him with Coach Anderson and said, go through all the meetings and let's see how far we can we can take it with Jax because he's gives us a different dimension for sure running the football. He's got good hands. He'll be able to protect, and now whether it's Jordan Shippers, whether it's uh, uh, DJ Giddens, I mean, those are a couple that are taking some of the reps. Uh, Devon Withers is out this spring with an injury that he sustained in the fall, and so we don't have a lot of numbers there. And uh, you know, we're, we're trying to protect uh, Deuce a little bit. He doesn't need to have. Uh, he'll he'll run a lot of of the non-contact drills and things like that and seven on seven in some team period but you know he's not going to be in any of the scrimmage situations so it's going to come down to shippers jackson and uh uh, dj so multiple thoughts about this i'll try to get them all out here in an orderly fashion uh but first like honestly like i am like thrilled for jackson neen that he does get an opportunity to touch the football more in practice and maybe that will you never know like what that will turn into by the time the fall comes around um, Jackson only had five carries this last season, and four of them were in the bowl game. And Coach was right. Yeah, he was kind of thrown into like in a running back type of role, but that was also at a time where guys have transferred, and it was Deuce Vaughn. It was a one-man show there. And Jordan Shippers, who transferred from Western Illinois, did get some a few carries last year. But to me, he's not the dynamic backup that you would want behind Deuce Vaughn. So this does have a sign right now of telling us that there is a pretty major depth issue with K-State at running back, which should come at no surprise. But one, I guess one disappointment I have from this is that I'm still a little surprised that we're getting still very little on DJ Giddens. You might remember back in August through fall or yeah through fall practice, DJ's name was thrown around a lot. And he was like a fourth string type of running back behind Deuce, Joe, and Jacardier. And DJ's from Junction City, had a great career with the Blue Jays. I saw him play a couple of times, phenomenal player. I think he nearly ran for 2,000 yards his senior year. He, he uh, really beat up Manhattan in one game his senior year. 
But he was talked about a lot about how he's really come in the, the program and done really well in his debut year. Well, he ends up redshirting, so we never see him play. But still, they just hear from that clip like he's going to get some carries. I mean, it's not the most encouraging thing. I hope he takes a big leap. I mean, it'd be great for a freshman like him to step up, who I know has great talent, but just to transfer into that position of actually getting carries in a game. That would be a big move. But now it leaves, can K-State still get out there and get a transfer? It's possible. It's not something that can't happen. You just got to work extra hard because it is the scenario, well, if somebody transfers, they typically want to go somewhere where they're going to be the guy They're going to get carries. They're going to get a better opportunity of what they had at the previous school. So the quality of transfer, to get a high-quality type of transfer, is going to be extremely tough. It almost might be impossible. But you need somebody. But I wouldn't count it out. Maybe get somebody that is like a Reggie Stubblefield, like somebody who is definitely undervalued and excelled at his one year at K-State. But also keep in mind, when Reggie Stubblefield was picked up, that was in May. We're in March. I mean, that just tells me there's plenty of time. I, but yeah, it also depends on who's out there. I wasn't sure about are the transfer rules as far as getting on a squad the same as a kid coming out of high school? No. It's not. It's really any time you can sign a transfer portal guy. And keeping in mind now, the start of spring practices means that as you get deeper into the spring – and you get after spring games or the end of spring practices, there are going to be an there's going to be another wave of guys yeah. that kind of starts to look because they didn't like what role they were put into in spring practices and saw handwriting on the wall and something that they didn't like. Right. That's definitely gonna happen. And I think we do and we are able to pluck a guy who could be a solid two and just tell him like, No, you're not gonna get one back carries, but you're gonna get a number of them, and whatever you do with them is your your idea. Reggie is a great example, though, of another thing that is part of a trend that I like to watch, or because coming from having called games at the FCS level and being around programs, there are a lot of those guys that that have a hunger that they do want to play at the FBS level. They want to prove that they can play with one of those programs. Reggie had that hunger to be able to do that, and he performed exceptionally well when he got to K-State. There are guys, and, and maybe maybe when they get here, they don't pan out that way, but there are a lot of guys that are at that level that do have a hunger, even though we talk about at the FCS level that you've got the championship game, you've got the playoffs, you know, you're still playing Division One football. It is still, in fact, the championship game is officially the Division One football game game championship game and so you know but but it, it's a matter of pride for a lot of them and a matter of ego sure i mean that's part of the competition aspect of this they enjoy the fact they would enjoy the fact of getting out and being able to perform on a week by week basis against what they view as the top talent When we come back, the other topic from the press conference earlier today was about a change in the offense that uh, usually when we see it at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, it's the opposing team. And it's one I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited about. That's up next on the game.
I just got to say this about Sage real quick. Uh, she is killing it on the ones and twos. Yeah. She is really knocking it out of the park Man. when it comes to the bed music. Dio. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Sage Williams with us. It's 529. It's close enough to 530, isn't it? Heck yeah. Like, nobody is looking at the clock right now. It's like, all right, I'm going to tune in the game in 40 seconds no. so I can win these tickets. <laughs> been, They're tuned in and ready to go. They've been hanging on since you made the announcement, the major announcement today. Uh, they've been hanging on with bated breath, just waiting for you to drop it. You know what I'm saying? If you're just tuning in, well, you've tuned in at the right time. And that is because this Friday at McCain Auditorium, none other then ELO, Electric Light Orchestra Experience, is coming to McCain Auditorium. And your chance to see them could be right now because I'm giving away a pair of tickets to that show. Ooh. Now, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to play an ELO song. And if you know the name of that song, call 537-1350. And if you're the first person to tell Sage the name of the song, I'm giving you the tickets, oh, my friend. That's easy. So again, and you call right now. Get in, get front in line. Like Sage will pick up the phone and be like, "Hold on, hold on. We're about to play hold this song." Hold on. Five three seven thirteen fifty right now. If you want to win ELO tickets, Oof. because it's five thirty, and I'm about to play this song. So here we go. Sage is picking up the phone. She has the caller ready to go. Here is. The ELO song, just tell her the name of the song. You made a fool of me, but the broken dreams have got to Again, 537-1350. Tell Sage the name of the song. You're going to ELO. I don't think she has a winner yet. People are calling in. We don't have a winner yet. We're still going to play it. We have our winner. Yeah. We have a winner. Sage is writing down their information right now. We'll get the name of the winner here in just a moment, but that winner is going with a friend to see ELO McCain Auditorium this Friday. So, again, we already have our winner. Uh, if you called, missed out, uh, don't worry. I believe the morning show will have some tickets to give away as well. That's but, crazy. But Sage is getting that info. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, the The name of this song is, we got to the chorus, Evil Woman. Evil Woman by Electric Light Orchestra. And of course they're going to play it in McCain. That's a... That's like the yellow song. I mean, come on. No, 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 no. Does that song not remind anybody of Austin Powers? Uh-huh. I... I think about this one, and I, I thought it was an Anchorman as well, I thought, but maybe not. I can't speak on that? I can't, I can't think. I can't think. All right. 
Sage has our winner. We'll get to we'll get the name here in just a moment. She's she's still talking to our uh, to our winner again. Two tickets going to the winner. Um, we can go ahead and get to some K State topics here, uh, like I promised before the break. There was just there was one other topic I wanted to touch on, um, and that is about the tempo we found out about. Um, that Colin Klein, we saw a glimpse of it actually in the Texas Bowl. We did of them speeding it up a little bit, and we saw some pretty quick snaps. Like we got a taste of it, a little sample from the store. But now I want the buffet because I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot, and uh, I, I don't, I don't actually remember Coach Klein even mentioning it. But I want to play this interview first. I'm going to play the full interview with Philip Brooks, wide receiver returning. He's now one of the leaders of this team. Um, and he was asked about the tempo. He'll get to that question here in just a moment, but here is the interview from earlier today with <laughs> ELO. Here we go. Uh, no, here is Philip Brooks uh, from earlier today. Can you believe you're already back in the spring ball already? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of how, like, it's, that's how it is every year, I feel like. Once you get done with the season, you get back into it real quick. So it's nothing new, to be honest. How deep is the feeling that the receiver group is this season? I know we feel good. We got a lot of guys coming back. And then, uh, you know, I used to be a young guy. Now I'm an older guy now. Myself and Malik. Got Cade back. So we got a good group. What's the biggest difference you've noticed already with, with Colin Klein being the offensive coordinator? Um, You know, he uh, he uh, he likes to get the ball to his playmakers. That's what, that's what I like. So, you know, um, we uh, – we're trying to attack the defense rather than um, kind of set the tempo and control the ball. We like, I like his uh, aggressive uh, approach to the game. So that's what I would say. Yeah, Kate mentioned you couldn't believe how fast you guys were going in practice. How much of a change has that been? Oh yeah, that's 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 probably the biggest change because uh, when normally you know, like I said, controlling the tempo of the game, you know, huddling up a lot. Now it's just like going so I'm excited and I feel like that's going to be beneficial to us you know we're not in shape yet but we're going to get there so how big was the uh, bowl game for you guys and kind of getting to see maybe just a little taste of what it's going to be like with calling calling the place oh it was um it was really like I feel like game changing I feel like our offense you know uh set the tone and we just kept attacking the defense and I feel like our defense was able to rally better around that if that makes sense so did you always know you were gonna come back for another season, or was that like something you had to think about? Yeah, yeah. My mom said I need to graduate, so I'm gonna, I had to go ahead. I had to go ahead and get that in. So, Coach Kleiman talked about a uh, specific emphasis on special teams. How do you feel like that impacts you? Uh, I mean, that's how I was able to play special teams. So I'm a big special teams guy. You know, Malik and I, we returning. You know, we got a, a lot of people in the receiver room are in special teams, so we take a lot of pride in our. Uh, receiver room ourselves. So, like I said, it's another component of the game. It's not just offense and defense. So, I'll ask you another question about the tempo. I know it's your first practice, but how much faster are you guys going? Um, we're, we're going we're going much faster. I'll, just, I'll say that we're going much faster. And it's something to get used to, but uh, I like I like where it is. I like the ideal uh, behind it. You know what I mean? So. Uh, it's definitely going to get some used to, but I think it's going to work out for us. Do you think that's going to be a major component of your offense, or is it more trying to install 
something something new at this point? Oh, you? oh yeah, I, I feel like the concepts and everything that we're normally running are the same. It's just being able to um, get it in faster. That makes sense. Uh, getting more plays out there. So. Do you see Will throwing the ball better than he was last season already? You said what? Will Howard. Do you see him throwing the ball better than he was last season? Um, he had a good he had a good first day today. Oh, we had a good first day today. Um, I'm excited for Will. You know, he's a uh, he got the competition with Adrian and things like that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that goes. But now he he's been throwing well lately. So what, what does Adrian do right now while everybody else is practicing? Uh, he's there. He's there. He 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 know all the plays and things like that. He's actually learned it really fast. Um, and then we kind of changed it up a little bit, our offensive style. So he was able to get a hold of that. I guess that's what he's used to in Nebraska or whatever. So, um, now nah, he's uh, – when we did uh, winter conditioning stuff, he was doing all the stuff in winter conditioning. So uh, I'm excited to see him, you know, when he actually gets out there. Well, there you have it, Phillip Brooks from K-State Football, wide receiver for the Cats. And there was a couple of questions I asked a follow-up question about – you know, just the tempo and exactly what does it mean by when you say you're going faster? And I said something with, with DY. I was like, I had to follow up because what does faster mean? Mm-hmm. We're used we're used to the slowest of slow when it comes to tempo of an offense, when you, what you could possibly have in football, and that's way too many snaps before the play clock expires. So even just going ten seconds before the play clock expires. That, that's actually a little bit faster than what we're used to. But we're talking no huddle type of offense quick snaps like we're ready to go we're running as soon as the play's dead we're running up to the line of scrimmage and running another play like that's the like that's what I'm picturing in my mind of what could be K-State football which has never existed no and and it's something even that as you know I, I struggle to think this in my mind Colin Klein leading a hurry up offense <laughs> Colin Klein in high school played in an offense that was two tight ends and while he threw for over 1,000 yards, he ran for over 700 in his senior campaign. And, you know, that offense, as, as I think back to his days at Loveland High, it yes, it intersected with me being a young pup out west. Uh, you know, that John Peavy's offense there was built more on the run than anything. And they, they did everything double tight end. And so... Uh, to to actually think of a Colin Klein offense after that and what he did at K State to be a hurry up offense is intriguing to me, and it's completely opposite of what I associate the name Colin Klein with. <laughs> Just completely different. Yeah, where exactly did he get this experience to yeah. coach yeah. an up tempo offense? Which I'm sure you know any coach can learn it. You know, but I I don't I can't speak on what he was exactly experiencing at like northern El, or northern Iowa, like that yeah. his one year there, you know, was things a little bit different. I don't know, but yeah, most of his life it has not been an up tempo offense, <laughs> right. even though K State is 15 years behind on bringing in this <laughs> offense, and it might be even more than that. But it still works, and that's it the, does. And, and that's the key with the personnel. It still works. Up and offense for dummies is what <laughs> the bug that's going to be busted out because we're like, wait a minute. Well, and <laughs> but it is a valid point that that Mitch brings up, and that is that you know you can easily pick up on it from others in the game, and 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 that's you know that that's where knowledge and experience play a factor. And let's be honest, Colin has been a coach now 
since graduation. He went right into coaching. There has, was not a hiccup in there where he did not step away from the game uh, and, and do something else. And granted, for all of us that would have liked to have seen him get a chance in the NFL, right now it plays out better for us as K-Staters that he's got that coaching experience. And that's part of why he's parlayed it into being now the offensive coordinator is that you know he's built his career around around it and has built that experience in a time frame that allows him to also uh, be able to pick other guys' minds. As an assistant, you have a wealth of other people that you can contact and network with and discuss the game with. And as a Heisman runner-up, can you imagine the network that he's been utilizing in terms of talking the game over time? It's not just in-house. It's, you know, just like you networked your way into working in New York City as an intern at the Howard Stern Show. Things like that. Think think about it in that aspect. He's done it on the coaching level and in the process developed his view of what he wants this offense to be. Yeah, I mean, I was just joking. I... It's you got to think it's got to be pretty simple if they run it in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, uh, in high school, I I mean we were running like you know Georgia and Texas stunts and stuff up. I mean it's really simple, easy stuff. Um, but I think in college it's got to be ratcheted up just a little bit. And mm-hmm. you're right. If there's anybody that has a connection to people who are like, here's high tempo offense turned up even a little bit, it's Colin Klein. Well, and, and Coach's Network. Let's yeah. let's just be honest. That's yeah. Coach's Network. That's part of the gig. Urban Meyer in Manhattan kind of, you know, <laughs> it comes to mind when you think of, like, guys just reaching out to other coaches. Right. That's crazy, you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that took a turn I wasn't expecting it to. But I, I want to give a shout-out to Coach Kleiman just giving Colin Klein this opportunity to throw such a wrinkle in the offense and mm-hmm. completely changes the tempo. Although if it doesn't work, then it goes right back to the tempo we're used to, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, probably. Road grader offense. Slow it down, control the clock, which it's going to get weird to be used, just getting used to even seeing it on the field. And as a fan. Honestly, like that's the only reaction I have right now is that I'm just excited to see what it's what it looks like. For we got you. that taste in the Texas Bowl, mm-hmm. but yeah. what about it being like the actual game plan when you take on Missouri in the non-con next year? Like, what is that going to look like? And what is it going to look like when you have 53,000 fans in Bill Snyder Family Stadium watching it take place? Are we going to get a lot of oohs and ahs when it first happens? Or boos and ahs, you know? I, I think as much as anything, honestly, even just the mention of it pleases fans because in some ways I think most of us have become tired of seeing an offense that that doesn't produce – yardage and scores like we would like it to do. Well, it's not lie. I mean, K-State is playing a lot of boring games. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of boring games. Yeah. And it just has to do with the way they play football. Like, it's boring to watch sometimes, especially when things aren't going well. Or if it's, you know, a 16-13 to 13 game and Oof. everybody's I'm, running the football and I'm perfect, not huddling, or, yeah. you know, huddling every time. I'm perfectly fine not seeing two quarterback draws on the same possession. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with that. And I'm also, I'm fine with like maybe just mixing it up. I love the mix up of tempo. You start out in a huddle, but then mm-hmm. when you get on a roll, let's press the gas a little bit, get them on their heels, then come back, reset, do it again. I love that kind of stuff. If that's what we're looking forward to, yeah. All right. 
Coming up next, our number one song of the day on the game. Watch some music on today's show. You are evil. Why? With this? Yes. Why is it evil? This is one of the... It tends to be a pretty good earworm and sticks with folks for a while. This? Yes. This one never gets stuck in my head. Ever. (laughs) Yeah, tonight you're going to be like... When you're trying to game, you're going to think about this, and then Mm -hmm. Troy's face is going to pop up. Oh, now I hope not. (laughs) Hopefully it would be the better view of it from the use of it in Animal House. That's right. From 1960, this is called Theme from a Summer Place by Percy Faith. You guys want to take a guess how many weeks this was number one? Two. Six. Nine. I wasn't off very much. 1950 what? Yeah. It's 1960. Uh, You guys... This is an instrumental. What the heck were you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, you needed some baby-making music. and Yeah. And this is one of them that really turns up the heat in the bedroom, if you know well, what I mean. Barry I mean, White wasn't around yet, yeah. so... You go... Elvis was. You go, hey, baby, uh, you want to make a baby? Sure. <laughs> Crank this one. And then this busts out? <laughs> Guaranteed. You're having twins. <laughs> Oh Sorry. yeah, you're laying that. You're laying your girl softly on the pillows at that point, like a cloud, and slowly going in for the kiss. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm a, every time. It's always like those were the it good was old 1960. days. It was a much more innocent time. Yeah. Come on, it's like this is the golden days and this is the best days. And man, I'll tell you what, it might have been for a, a you know, a gallon of milk is five cents, but your music sucked. <laughs> I don't know about innocent when it comes to music. I'm pretty sure the devil music was around. I'm sure Dion was out there doing his thing. Oh, and Dion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conway Twitty, you know. <laughs> yes, he was talking about singing about cheating and stuff. I, awesome. I, I want to see, though, if Mitch understands the reference I made to Animal House with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen Animal House. Come on. Who do you think I am? Uh, Percy Faith, band leader, orchestrator, composer, conductor from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, he has arranged songs for a variety of artists. He's worked with Tony Bennett, Johnny Mathis, many others. Why is Sage laughing in the other room? Because we're okay. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he unfortunately died of cancer in 1976, but he had a hand in making 90 different albums. From, you know, making uh, movies Mm -hmm. and doing the scores for those or just writing songs for other dudes and producing them, like all that kind of stuff. All over the spectrum. The soundtrack for Fantasia? He might have been, well... In the 40s. Yeah, that's a ways back. back, No, he would have been... Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? I mean, come on, this is Lamo McGee and the gang. But uh, the movie A Summer, Pla- uh, Summer Place was released on November 18th, 1959. Sloan Wilson's popular novel, that, what is the movie about, follows a wealthy Ken Jorgensen, who is played by Richard Egan, hmm. as he brings his wife, played by Constance Ford, and teenage jo- daughter, played by Sandra D. 
to oh, the main vacation spot where he worked as a middle-class youth. When Ken reunites with his former flame, the now married, played by Dorothy McGuire, it sparks the passionate thrist. Is that a word, thrist? Yes. Trist. Trist. Don't play me. Trist? Trist. Trist? Yeah. I thought, trist? I, I thought you were talking thrice. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the son, played by Troy Donahue, oh, there and we Molly go. begin a romance of their own, unaware of their parents' affair. And so that was a hit movie, too? Is that I, what I, oh, I, okay. It got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, wow. That's a... Uh, Hopefully that movie's four and a half hours long so we can get the plot started. It was written by uh, Australian film composer Max Steiner, who also wrote the score for Casablanca. Ooh. And so when Warner Brothers made this movie, they wanted multiple covers of this song. Like, multiple artists did it, and this was one of them. And it was not actually used for the movie. It was never used for the movie. But it stayed at number one for nine weeks. Like I said, the longest run of any instrumental song of all time. In uh, 2008, his original version, which you're hearing now, ranked number 18 on Billboard's top 100 songs during their first 50 years of the chart. And uh, in the U.S., it was the top-selling single of 1960, won the 1960 Grammy for Record of the Year, becoming the first movie theme to win an award. Or win that award. And then, of course, there's the disco version that was released in 76. The day or the year he died. Wow. And disco I couldn't, actually couldn't find the disco version. I was uh, going to play it for everybody, but I didn't get it. I am so happy that that didn't happen. Tro- <laughs> Troy and, uh, and DG over here, you two are married. Mm-hmm. I feel Not like each other. you guys... Uh, <laughs> that was funny. All right. Uh... You guys, uh, you guys could probably get away with this more than I could, trying to pull this off. So tonight, why don't you guys try this? Play this song and see if it works and bring back the results. Okay. Okay. This is one that you need to have the rose petals down as she walks in the door that this is playing. My wife will be home by the time I get home, so <laughs> the... That, that takes the option out of it. Tell go her to go for a outside. walk for a second. Yeah, go stand outside for a while. Don't look at the house. I'm just waiting for the phone to start ringing at home. Is she listening? Phone, probably. Oh, just. And and if she's not, co-workers are. They're going to say, so, <laughs> Percy Faith, right? Am I right? Oh, God. Sarah's going to go, what is this? Classical? Is this Beethoven? She's going to hate it. KMAN. But try it. Easy listening stage. Yeah, Just I, try yeah. it for us. I want to know what happens. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll, I'll report back no matter how graphic it gets. All right. We're going to jump right into oh, Ask God. Us Anything. DG is all prepared. <laughs> Snuck that one right by him. Yeah, Snuck me too. Fastball right by him. Ooh, boy, Honestly, um, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't listening. Yeah. I was no. telling Sage we're just rolling on here. <laughs> no, how, how graphic it gets. No matter how graphic it gets, I'll let you know. Hey, what is something that you um, movies have made like tricked you into believing are totally normal. I'm like getting shot in the arm. Like it's like no big deal. You can keep going. Um, I've heard. I have a buddy of mine. He's a marine. 
he he's a cop in Denver, got shot in the arm. And he's like, it was one of the worst things that ever happened to me in my life. He's like, I threw up, I cried. It was terrible. It was horrible. He's like, there's Man. no way I could have got up and ran around. No way. This guy's a marine, like marine, marine. Sorry, go ahead. Hmm. That's a really tough question. I wish that's I would have. That's a good one. That's yeah. one question I wish I knew beforehand. That way I could think of an answer because off the top of my head, it's really hard to come up with an answer. Okay. Well, how about this one? Um, would you rather? It's a it's a quicksand joke is what you can make. Of oh, it. how about like one yeah, one guy 70s, can yeah. take down like twenty different dudes with. One gun by himself. Oh, every action movie, basically. Yeah, and then if you actually got in a real gunfight, you'd be terrified. Of, out of oh, your you'd be done. You'd be done. Um, Troy, and I like your, I like where your head's at on that. Um, like quicksand? I quicks, yeah. Quicksand would That's be a, a way one. bigger deal as you got older, and yeah. it's not. We have one minute, okay. according to oh, Sage. Quick. Make it hey, quick. hey, what would you rather do? Fight a uh, dog-sized duck or a duck-sized dog? Wait a minute. You what? mean horses? <laughs> Not horses. I, I'm trying to come up with a Not dog horses. Top of my head. Would you, uh, if, okay, so here's a hypothetical. Would you punch a baby horse in the head for five fifty thousand dollars No. What if nobody knew about it except your wife? No. Okay. I mean, it's tempting. <laughs> Mitch, you would punch that horse. I don't I know, know if would. I could. There is a Mongo story in my house, in my family. <laughs> like if, it, there. if no. it kicked me first, yeah. If it was retaliation, if I get, if it was like talking trash, making fun of my mother. <laughs> no, it just like, you know how it kind of scuttles a little bit in the hooves. It just did that. In what did you. you call me? Yeah, horsey, horsey guy, and he kind of kicked you. Yeah, a little bit, little kick. Would you punch a horse in the head? A baby horse. God. How, like we're not talking like miniature horse. We're talking like a baby, baby horse, horse. like a newborn colt. Peta on line three. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> colt McCoy. <Would> you- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't want to hurt that neck. No, I bet he's big. That's the game. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>